0: Original. I'm Larry Galko. I'm Roger Berkowitz, and this is Name Brands, the podcast about the story behind your favorite brands. Joining us now on Name Brands is a gentleman representing one of the finest brands in consumer electronics, Bob Mareska, chairman of the Bose Corporation. Bob attended MIT and graduated with a degree in mechanical engineering before leaving for Stanford, where he received a master's in electrical engineering and computer science. He then went to work for Hewlett Packard's scientific instruments division, where he was on the team credited with developing the first benchtop blood analyzer in the industry. After a stint there, Bob moved on to Phillips Research Laboratories, earning five patents in robotics and control systems. Then in 1986, Bob joined Bose as a senior research engineer and then moved up to chief research engineer, earning numerous patents for things difficult for me to even pronounce. In the late 90s, Dr. Bose tapped Bob to take over the then-struggling noise reduction group, which included military, aviation, and consumer applications. Based on Bob's work there, Dr. Bose was so impressed, he leaned on Bob in 2005 to take over the reins as CEO. And from that point till now, the Bose brand has literally Exploded on the international stage. Bob recently retired from the daily grind of CEO and today oversees Bose as its chairman. Bob, welcome. So when I think of Bose, I almost think of two different companies. One that was very quiet, almost hidden, reluctant to, you know, embrace any uh, publicity or fanfare. Um, To one that is today, sort of brash, out there, in your face. Share with us the, the transformation. And if Dr. Bose, who passed away in 2013, were to return from the dead, what might he be thinking?
1: Well, first of all, good morning, Larry. Good morning, Roger. It's a pleasure to be <laughs> here. You. Uh, you, you give me way more credit than I deserve. Uh, no, Roger. I, don't. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. Um, we have been an international company for, for many, many years, but it is true we've been quieter than we have been lately
0: um, You know, one of the things... Noise masking, right? (laughs) (laughs) In terms of our... our metaphorically speaking. Yes, divulging (laughs)
1: what we do to the public. Did did you ever
2: tell people your address before, too?
1: My address? No, (laughs) your corporate
0: address.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The mountain. Yeah, we we are on the mountain in Framingham. Um, And one of the reasons I was attracted to Bose is Dr. Bose, just a wonderful and brilliant, brilliant man who I met at MIT. Um, And... You know, I had a great job at Hewlett Packard. I was doing great work at Phillips. Um, and um, he had actually offered me a job when I graduated from MIT in 1978. Did you take any of his classes? I took the acoustics class. Oh, ah. <laughs> really? Yeah. But I, I took it as a side. Um, yeah. Yeah, I had a free period, so I just went and listened to him talk. So I wow. actually wasn't registered in the class. But I saw him speak once and I went the whole, the whole semester. Hmm. And then, you know, Bose offered me a job, but I wanted to go to graduate school. So I went to the West Coast, to Stanford, worked for Hewlett Packard Research Labs. And then in 1980, when I graduated from, from Stanford, Bose offered me a job again. And I went to Phillips Research Labs because they were working on aerospace applications. I was pretty excited about doing that. And it was 1986, third time's a charm. Uh, Dr. Bose had an idea for this active suspension for a car, to magnetically suspend a car above its wheels, and that was my field of expertise, um, controls and magnetics. So um, I came up to Bose in 1986, and uh, that was 32 years ago, and it was the best decision I ever made. Uh, um, but I'm going to get back to what your question was. We were a we're small company at the time in 1986, yeah. maybe $100 million in sales. Um, and Dr. Bose, uh, was very, very secretive. Um, any of the research, uh, that we were doing there, we couldn't talk with anybody about it. And, you know, that was a time, it was a different time than now. Things are so open now and, and, and customers today, they want to know not just about your products, but the type of company that Mm -hmm, they're, mm -hmm. they're dealing with. And, um, it come, came from a humble place in Dr. Bose's heart. He was a brilliant man. We made great products but he always said let the products speak, speak for themselves. Mm. All right? We don't need to pound our chest. Um, he was a very, very um, classy, classy individual. But as the internet took hold you know, in probably mid 2005 through 2013, people started building relationships with company because there's so much more visibility and we were slow to engage the new tools, you know, social media and celebrity advertising and things like that. And um, while, you know, back in the 90s, Dr. Bose would not have uh, looked fondly upon that. Um, I contend that if Dr. Bose, you know, were in, in his uh, prime now, he'd be, he would be all over – Recognizing the best way to communicate uh, the benefits of our technologies and what we stand for as a company because it's a very, very principled company. Um, and that's what, that's what not only brought me up here but had me stay there for 32 years because the founders of that company, Dr. Bose, of course, but Sherwin Greenblatt, who was the first employee of the company in 1964 and was president of the company from 1980 to 2001. You cannot you could not find two more ethical individuals. You know, they care about their employees. They care about their customers. They care about doing the right thing.
0: Um, yeah, you know, it's, it, it's, it's interesting because you really, no one really knows about Bose per se. They just know it's a good company. But it's great hearing you talk about that and articulate the background of the company for, the, for those that most of us that that really had been, no idea. It's
2: always been like the mystique in the mountain. Yes. yes. But, but out of that mountain, Came the most remarkable, you know, groundbreaking products and innovation. Um, you know, I have to thank you, Bob. That I came from a flight from L.A. a few days ago, and I had a great morning relaxing, some meetings, hop on the plane. I was so so vegged out, and I even bought economy plus because first class was already taken, right? And it's a couple next to me with two young children, like two years old, three years old, and they're crying and they're crying. And oh man, here we go, right? Five and a half hour flight, kids screaming. I reach for my bows. Headphones, I watch a little Mamma Mia, I watch another movie, I'm a happy campus. I wanna thank you for the noise canceling headphones for that flight, otherwise when- f- Wait, Which
0: headphones did you buy? Because I wanna actually uh, uh, congratulate you on a on a great business model. Which headphones were you using, Larry?
2: The um- the the ones that, the the quiet. okay
0: so the, so so the big ones
2: yes oh oh yeah the big ones not the buds the okay. big ones yeah okay.
0: so so we had the, there's another one that comes in a soft case right. all right with the little ones right Do you know between my wife and I we have been through three pairs of those we keep forgetting <laughs> them on an airplane
2: I put it's them a business the model huh? <laughs> yeah it was a great business model but but you know what I was going to ask Bob I'll ask him now since you brought up Roger. What's happening out there, you have the regular headphones, right? Mm-hmm. Then you have the earbuds that I also have on the cord. Yeah. And now you have the, um, the wireless one. Yes. And I, I, I thought Roger was gonna say maybe he lost, one, he lost one from his ear or whatever versus having the cord. What, what's trending today of those three product categories, I'm sorry, yeah. of those three products in that category, what seems to be trending right now? So it's different
1: use cases. Certainly for the, for the frequent flyer, uh, either the around ear, the bigger, bigger ones. Um, like, like these. These are yeah. Like convertible. Yeah, they're, they're right. called QC35s. Yeah. Or the noise-canceling earbuds, which are a personal favorite of mine because they're you can put them in your pocket. They're easy. Or we'll leave them on the plane, yeah. They're easy to stow. <laughs> i the
2: earbuds without the cord.
1: No, it has the cord. It has the cord. And they're noise-canceling. Right. The ones without the cord, which I use every single day, I work out every morning, and um, I use them for you know running, for lifting weights. I even tread... Tread water with them because, because they're water resistant. I they're mean, not, really, you can't go I, under I the water. Those as well. And I'm telling you, those things are fantastic because I, what I do. <laughs> I have a question, but go ahead about, I, about I, those. Let's say listen to podcasts every single oh, morning. Okay. So I get up in the morning, I load up my phone with podcasts, I go work out, I do my you know my my weights and my aerobics, and then I go in the pool. And I tread water for, you know, 20 minutes, 25 minutes listening to podcasts. No,
2: seriously, I'm really buying a new pair this week. So you reckon me go the wireless versus the cord, right?
0: Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, so I, I have the wireless and, and I, was, I, do, I do some conference calls on it because it's yeah. really convenient. You can walk and it picks up yeah. the, the signal everywhere. And I noticed it was only coming through one ear. And so, Bell
2: tone. I, no, 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 no! I, 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 took it.
0: I took it yeah. to my IT department. Yeah. And the guy looks at me. He goes, "Roger, they're only made to go through one, yeah. w- one ear on the phone." Yeah. <laughs> so, for two weeks, I'm struggling, thinking oh, yeah. I, I tried <laughs> to hit the wrong button there. But. So, it's, so it's a use
1: case thing. Yeah. Um, and more and more, uh, the headphone is becoming the connection to the internet. Mm. So. Mm-hmm. Once you've got a Bluetooth connection from your phone mm-hmm. to the um, the earbuds or the headphones, we also have voice pickup, right? So
0: you can you yes. can you can invoke Alexa or Google Assistant or Siri right. via that. I had the benefit a number of years ago. You invited me up to the uh, to the mount there, and seeing the research facilities there, and Larry, it's like a college campus. Mm. Of, of just engineers, so you know when I hear about all these uh, you know companies that uh, you know that are doing research on, on earphones or, or or different you know sort of you know one product at a time, and I see what's happening at Bose. I am absolutely blown away. Uh, I don't think anyone can compete with you at, at the level that you you guys take it so seriously. And the other thing that I, I see, you invest so much money in research. Uh, More so than others, and I think that's a different kind of business model. Certainly, for a consumer electronics company, the percentage of sales that we spend
1: on research is is significant, very, very high. And quite frankly, if if we were publicly traded, we would have a lot of pressure to
0: take some of that research money and return it in dividends um, or profits. See, that's what really, I think, screws up public companies. I mean, at a certain point, they have one model, and and it's like they're one trick pony, and then it's over. Mm. And then they they wonder why, you know, diminishing return and everything else. By keep putting money into innovation, Mm. you know, they really, it's a better sustainable model, I think. Yeah, I
1: mean, especially as fast as the world is moving today, you need to keep Keep innovating and keep yeah. improving because there's a lot of lot of people there that the competitors out there, and
2: I we we actually like competition. It makes us better. So Bob talking about research and innovation, share with us what is the current relationship with MIT?
1: Yeah, so you know, while we were Dr. Bose owned the vast majority of the shares and eventually all the shares before before he gifted um, gifted the company to MIT. Back in well, probably 2010, he split the company into the, va- he took the vast majority of the stock, which he owned, and, and created uh, a class of non-voting stock and took a very small fraction of the stock and created voting stock. And he took all of that non-voting stock and donated it to his alma mater, MIT, um, and took one, a small percentage and put it in a special purpose trust which binds us, those of us who are trustees of the company, to run the company according to our guiding principles committed to innovation and technology uh, to deliver real benefits to people. And MIT, although they can't sell the stock, they receive a dividend on the stock each year, and they can use it to further their mission mm. of technical education and research. So it's such a synergistic relationship with MIT and Bose and uh, I'm so, I'm so happy that we can still run the company the way we always have, fulfilling his vision for the company, but also being able to give back to MIT, which meant so much to him and, and to me personally and lots of us who work at Bose. And what he always talked about was playing for the long run. We might decide to spend all of our profit this year investing in a new technology so that, maybe not next year, but maybe two years out or three mm-hmm. years out, mm-hmm. we'll see the return on that. And there's no better example of that than noise cancellation technology. In 1997, um, I was working on the research project with him from '86 to '97, and I, I loved research and never envisioned doing anything but but research. And uh, I had a meeting with him, and he was lamenting to me how much we had struggled with the noise cancellation technology, and how we had, uh, you know, we tried to do it for the military and for private pilots, and and we had quality problems, and we had lost, lost a lot of money, um, and he needed somebody to run that division. So I said, well, you know, have you thought of this woman or that guy? And he goes, yeah, yeah, but I don't think they can do it. And I said, well, geez, it's a real tough problem. Uh, like, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> and he said to me, well, I was thinking of you, and I, I literally looked behind me to see if there was somebody else there because I had no business training whatsoever. Right. And, you know, I said, no, no, you really don't want me. But, you know, he, he was just such an engaging and, and um, convincing guy. They said, look, you can still do your research project, but I want you to, you know, see if you can go and turn this thing around. So I went down there, and, and I was there for a couple of days, and I got a call from the CFO at the time, who I'd never met because I'd been stuck away in the lab for 10 right. years, huh. you know. And he, he invites me up to the corporate center for a cup of coffee, and I get up there, I find a tie in my trunk to throw on me, so I get walk, in the, walk in the corporate center, sits me down, we exchange some pleasantry, hi, how you doing? Good, how about you? First time I had met him, and finally I said, hey luck. I'm from Brooklyn. I know this (laughs) cup of coffee isn't for free. (laughs) I said, said, what's on your mind? And he got real serious and he looked at me. He said, Bob, we've been at this business for 10 years and we've lost $50 million and we're going to lose another $6 million this year. How we can convince the chairman to shut down this business? And I said, well, geez, he just asked me to run it last week, but Quite frankly, I'm not sure I know what I'm doing. <laughs> so let me go talk to him, we'll see. So I set up a meeting with Dr. Bose and I was a little more, more diplomatic with him. Um, even though I do come from Brooklyn. I, I have some sense. Uh, and so I kind of crept up on it with, Dr. Bose, you know, you asked me to you know, run this business. And I said, um, I'm not sure how to tell you this, but I don't think all your executives are as enthusiastic about this <laughs> business as you are. <laughs> and he looks at me, he says, I know, they all want to shut it down. <laughs> At which point I said, what did you get me into here? Said, Nobody wants to run this business. I said, do you, you, know, you know how much money we've, we've lost make in this? They a lot this? of friends. <laughs> and he said, no, no, how much? So I said, $50 million. And I'll never forget his reaction. He threw his hands in the air and said, $50 million? If this were a publicly traded company, I would have been fired years ago. At which point, my heart is sinking down into my stomach. I'm like, what the heck am I into here? But it was the the ultimate teaching moment for him to me. He wanted me to know we were not a publicly traded company and we could invest in research over the long run if we felt that ultimately that technology Mm -hmm. would have benefits for people, and we would be able to make a business out of it. So I said so so you want to keep going he said he said bob we've been at it a long time know we've spent a lot of money but when i see somebody put those headphones on in a noisy environment and i see the look on their face I know we have a
2: technology that has real benefits for people. So, Bob, question. I've heard, and tell me if this is true, when you first launched the noise-canceling headphones, you did not sell them to the consumer. No. They gave them away to first-class passengers on the airlines. Is that true? And if it is, why? So, we, the first application
1: was for private pilots, very noisy environment, helicopters, right. and for the military in tanks. Huh. Very, very interesting there because those poor guys in the tanks, have you ever been in a tank? No.
2: no. <laughs> oh my, really, really. Do we look like the 2 guys in a tank? <laughs> well,
1: well,
0: I'm not going to say anything. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> look, I, I don't want to imply that, that I was in the service, but yeah. as part of supplying the military, yeah. I've got to go in the tanks yeah. down at Fort Knox.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And it is an incredibly cramped environment with four uh, tank crewmen. Wow. And they need to coordinate their operations with, you know, 10 other tanks. And it's so loud in there and so hot that they can't communicate. They can't hear. Um, and so this was a perfect application for our technology. Um, but it's a very difficult application. I mean, this was the first uh, war over in the Mideast in the mm-hmm. early 90s. Mm-hmm. And uh, high temperatures and, and uh, sand and dust and oil and you know, they'd hang it on the gun turret, the turret would explode and big pressure wave. We had all kinds of challenges, technical challenges to make it work. But it was, it, it worked, it was phenomenally effective for our servicemen, mm. and they were much safer on their missions because they could communicate with each other and they were more effective in their missions, uh, which is what ultimately got the, the Army to buy it. Not that they protected the hearing, but they were more effective in their missions.
2: So initially, you created the product for the military and the airlines, and then? Not airlines, but private I mean, pilots. Private pilots, yes. and then to the consumer marketplace?
1: Yes, oh. so that was, 1989 was the first product. It wasn't until 1999 that we came out with the one for American Airlines. And oh. so we sold it to American Airlines and they would give it to first and business class customers. And
2: so that got- That was a 10 year period. Yeah. What, what, why was it to it to a market so long? Because we lost money every oh. <laughs> year.
1: It's hard to scale up something that's losing money. So it's
0: kind of, you know, it's kind of interesting. The model is, and, and I don't know if, Dr. Bose or you, uh, you ever had a chance to meet Edwin Land uh, from Polaroid. I never did, no. So, so, but I had only met him because he was a customer that came in and we would occasionally talk. He got his start at doing military applications as well. He must have been at MIT as well, but, yeah. but he got it developing you know sort of the lenses for anti-aircraft gunners looking up into the sky to differentiate enemy uh, planes going by. And then he sort of took that technology out into the uh, into the field there. But it was sort of that how can you how can you take something and make it for the greater good? Yes. And obviously Bose was cut from that cloth.
1: Yeah, so you know the these were really mission critical applications where safe it was a safety issue, right? You, yes. You could, you could improve the safety of private pilots and, and of tank vehicle crewmen by enabling them to to converse clearly in very noisy environments. Um, the consumer application with American Airlines, um, we had to do a number of things, and there was a just a phenomenal engineer named Roman Sapieski, who found a way to reduce the size and the weight of these things and the cost so we could have a consumer application. Uh, and uh, he's the one who designed the first um, American Airlines consumer headset. But that was a business to business, very different business model. And, and because the feedback was so great, I went to Dr. Bose and said, you know, we really ought to sell this directly to the customer. And he, he was not really, <laughs> really that receptive to it. Um, really? And he asked me why I wanted to do it. Um, and um, you know, the, I had three reasons. You know, one was you weren't always flying first class on, on right, American right, Airlines, right, so right. we had all <laughs> right. these people that could use this technology, right. and it wasn't available to them. Um, Number two, people were starting to use, they were using headphones for listening to music and other applications, Mm -hmm. and I felt that that was a big market for us. But third and most importantly is when you sell directly to the consumer, the business model has some percentage in it for advertising. Mm -hmm. And nobody knew what noise cancellation was at the time, and I needed some funding to tell the story, and we had a direct marketing engine that I could use. Right. And and that's what allowed us to tell the story about noise cancellation and what the benefits were for people.
0: Right. So so interesting. So you are, if you had to sort of distill your business, you're in the business of sound, one way or the mm-hmm. other. Mm-hmm. So whether it's noise reduction, higher quality sound, uh, sound enhancement, so the hearing hearing enhancement. Well, okay, that's where I'm <laughs> going with it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because for some of us, uh, you know that. that <laughs> 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 For, you know, it, it, he was it, talking it, before about yeah, what ear wasn't working, right? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> so, so, as, as, as aging boomers start to get become uh, more aged, uh, we can blame it on listening to loud music at a certain point. Yeah. So, in again, in talking about sound, is there a natural evolution to the marketplace of enhanced hearing?
1: Yes, there is, and it's a combination of of uh, enhancing hearing in a quiet environment, but also most importantly in a, in a noisy environment mm. um, I'm sure you must know some people who have hearing aids yes, do you know anybody who loves their hearing aid? No, no. they try to hide them yes right they try well that's that's the vanity effect, yes. right the, the stigma of, right. Uh, or just the name hearing aid <laughs> yes. yeah yeah yeah. Um, but there's, there's also what's called the restaurant effect, is that you wear a hearing aid in a restaurant and it amplifies all the noise around you and it's, it's actually more distracting and you can't hear the uh, conversation. Mm. So we have, we have a technology that, that we developed actually for generating home theater sounds from where there are no speakers. Um, it's a TV we came out with and it could generate um, sound with what's called beamforming. But the reciprocal of generating sound in certain geometries is mm-hmm. you can listen to sound if you have multiple microphones and you can direct uh, what you're listening to. So if I'm in a restaurant mm-hmm. and I'm sitting across from my mm-hmm. wife, I can just listen to plus or minus 30 degrees in front of me and then I can cancel the noise around me. Mm-hmm. So I can actually have a conversation with her uh, and it enhances my hearing and rejects some of the noise around me. And that, We have a product out called Hearphones that does that. Now, the, the I, I mentioned yes, the stigma, yes, of yes. the vanity effect of nobody wants to be seen with hearing aids. So we thought we had solved that problem because now you can put in what looks like a you know earbuds, right, right, right. right. So right, so
2: right. Certainly doesn't
1: look like a, a a hearing aid, but it looks like you're listening to music, and it's great if I'm having it with my wife because she knows what it is. She knows that it would help me hear but to the general person, they think you don't want to talk to them. So it has a different social wow, stigma. Wow, <laughs> you know, wow. which, which caught us by surprise. Right. You know? <laughs>
2: yeah, so we're, we're working on ways to make that more transparent. You know, going back in years, you know, um, as far as evolution, it seems like for many years, Bo's kids to the baby boomers with lifestyle products. And also, mm-hmm. unless you lived in a cave, Everybody had a wave system. I remember for a birthday present, graduation, retirement, a wave was I had a home in my home in Falmouth, a wave, home in Sharon, whatever. I mean, because it sounds unbelievable, yeah. right? Yeah. Now, let's say fast forward, and I'm not going to use the word millennial, I'm going to use the word like we live in such an on the go society, a mobile society. How has the company evolved from the wave kind of systems to what's happening now, Bob? What's hot and what's trending as we live in this mobile, more society? Well, it used to be that
1: that there were very few sources of music. There was the, I mean, you go all the way back. There was vinyl, and there were tapes, and there were CDs, and there was AMFM. Mm-hmm. And
2: right. some people, were, and some people were audiophiles. Yeah, right. And real to real tapes and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. Way in the old days. <laughs> Boy, how old are you? No. <laughs> but I will, I will tell you
1: that um, even through, through the late '90s and the first, you know, five years of the 2000s. Where music came from was physical media and AM/FM. Yes, yes. And so the wave radio captured the CD AM/FM uh, uh, receiver, and so it was
2: all you needed. It was amazing, and a, and also at a great price point. Yeah, but as digital music became available, um,
1: there was then there were the you know the iPods, and and uh, there was a number of other.
0: Um, Portable players. Larry, you got rid of your boombox, didn't you?
2: I think my cassette player is still on my car. <laughs> <laughs> and and so that was it's a bit
1: of a shift, but it was still yeah. a physical yes. device. Yes. Yeah. But once everything went to the cloud mm-hmm. and everything started streaming, the, there was just a plethora of of sources yes. to get your um, your audio, you know, material, whether it's podcasts or it's newscasts or mm-hmm. it's, or it's. Uh, um, your music, just all, and you can't possibly, as a company, get your arms around all of them. That's true. So all of a sudden, Bose, that was very self-sufficient, and we own every part of the supply chain, mm-hmm. now all of a sudden we need to work with lots of other companies,
0: uh-huh.
1: right? Because we need to work with a Spotify, we need to work with an Apple iTunes, we, you know, we need to be able mm-hmm. to harness mm-hmm. these sources and find a way to take the complexity out of them because we were known for simplicity, because we controlled the whole
2: thing. Right, and now it's more like an open architecture world, right? Yes,
1: yeah. yes, exactly. And that was a very difficult shift for us.
0: Right you know, it, it, it's kind of interesting thinking back, because oftentimes uh, on name brands, we talk about what is the essence of the company? What business are you in? And, and you, know, you, you, you did you know, the components, and you're still mm. are doing the components. But at the end of the day, it's about sound. One way or the other, it's about sound and how you connect to sound. So, so let me, let me broaden that okay. a okay. little bit,
1: because I would say that our, our goal, and this is written in our guiding principles, it's the first guiding principle, there's four of them, but it's innovation technology to deliver real benefits to people. It's not limited to sound. Now, we've okay. been very okay. very okay. successful Sorry, with fair. sound, yep. but we have, with these devices that we have now that are on uh, that people are wearing, we can measure heart rate. We possibly could remember... Uh, uh, measure brainwaves. With the sensors are getting cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. We have a new product out that is uh, what's called a sleep bud.
0: Ah uh, yes, I have a peer. <laughs> I, have, I have a pair. Yes, I was. So I will. I will tell and you. They're that, great. I are just really? wanted. Yes, they're really? absolutely unbelievable.
1: Go ahead, Bob. So my wife has a pair of sleep buds. Well, and I haven't. I haven't seen them. What so do they, so do, what they do? I do? So sleep buds yeah. are these miniature earbuds. They're so small that you could actually sleep on your side and you don't even feel them. Really. So that's a that's a engineering feat yes. to do that. Yes. Um, so. My wife says I snore periodically, so I got a pair for her, and she's <laughs> sleeping much, much better. Uh-huh. But you know what? I'm sleeping much better, because I'm not getting an elbow in the side. she's not waking you up. <laughs> she's not waking me up multiple so, times per night. So yes, um, wow. So, so there's an application of sound. It's not music. It's masking sounds um, and engineering optimization to, to get that to last the whole night, because you gotta put a battery in there. Mm-hmm. A, and we don't even use lithium ion, which is probably the most widely used battery because of the energy density. We're using um, a silver zinc battery, which is twice the energy density. Wow. It's expensive, but it allows us to get it in the ear so you can sleep on it. So there's it's just a lot of technology in there. We don't stream the music because running Bluetooth continuously would yeah. would drain the battery. Yes, yes, yes. So we're running off a local uh, memory board on the uh, on the device. And I'm telling you, the, um, it. If you have a problem waking up, do the I noises. I am a, an
0: extraordinarily light sleeper. I've yeah. had neighbors keep me up, barking dogs really? keep me when up. When you go in hotels, I, or hotels in hotel. I was just in New York City hotels. I was just in New York as well. The, si- you know, the, the sirens, sirens going the garbage trucks
2: in the morning. That My wife will sleep through. You could have a heart attack. She doesn't wake up till later in the morning. <laughs> you, you can't you. get her up. Well, well,
1: really. I'm I a have, light sleeper yeah, too, and I, I wear
0: it, them all uh, the time. I have, it is, so I, I think I got them. A month and a half, two months ago? Yeah. It has absolutely improved my quality of sleep. So so think about this. The
1: first guiding principle, innovation technology, Mm -hmm. there's real benefits for people. Right. There's a benefit for people if you can improve people's sleep. That's Right. The health benefits mm. of that, the the cognitive benefits of that, your productivity the next day Absolutely. is phenomenal. And this is what we live for at Bose. All of that research is is to be able to do something for people that makes a real difference. And that's why Dr. Bose founded the company.
2: So, yeah. so Bob, let me ask this question. Playing with what Roger said a few times about what business you're in sound. but we talked about just now the earbud for sleeping better. Sleep bud, yep. What's it called again? Sleep, sleep bug. bud. Sleep bud. Buds. Bud. Bud. Say bud. He,
0: Larry needs something. Yeah.
2: <laughs> he
0: needs the earphones. <laughs> uh,
2: you know, I'm, I'm just saying like, again. What business are you in? Because it seems like you're spinning your brand to different categories, like the sleep buds the automotive suspension system. I heard you have something called a Bose Ride, which reduces 90% of a seat vibration for truck drivers. I'm saying it just seems like you're expanding to all these areas, research, innovation, but it's not per se sound. So where's the company going right now, Bob? As I said, we
1: are um, directed by our desire to create benefits for people. Hmm. So to the extent that we can use our technology and our know-how, there's a reason why Bose Corporation was not called Bose Electronics, or, and Dr. Bose told the story about Professor Lee, um, telling him and a couple of the other f- folks Sherwin, you know that a name should not be restrictive because you don't know what you're going to be right. doing, yeah, you know, true. five years from now or ten years from now. Um, and
0: but Roger still stays with Seafoods, just been well, legal because uh, I'm not smart enough. I didn't go
2: to <laughs> MIT. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Although I will tell you that. The seafood changes
1: all the time. Some things get fished out. That's Something, right, that's right. Some things have... I like that, right. fished
2: out. I like that, fished out. No, yeah. no, that's true.
1: You've got to be changing all the that's time. Right. That's right. right. He's, right. Always, he's focusing, always
0: evolving. Uh, it is. Yeah, I mean, we have to focus on aquaculture as, as, as the next sort of yeah. stream. But, yeah, so, so I think the key is never to to rest on the current
1: products. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. The, Dr. Bose, people would always ask, what's your favorite product? They always thought he'd say the Wave Radio. He was fond of the Wave yeah. Radio, but he'd always say... My favorite product hasn't been invented yet. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like it's that. Always I looking like that. forward. And, What's you know, next? Yeah. And and so what we're doing is making a major investment in health and wellness now. Mm. Um, you know, the first two uh, applications are the sleep buds and the earphones, uh, but we think we can do more because the sensors are getting so inexpensive, and because we're connected to the cloud, now we have infinite compute power and infinite memory. So taking all of these sensor readings then doing computation to say, how can we coach you, whether it's in your workout or we could tell you the quality
0: of your sleep? So so let's so take it one step further, and I'm sure this is where you're going with it. If you have those sensors out there and it's constantly monitoring you, uh, will it sort of be a, 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 a uh, will there be an opportunity for preventive kinds of issues where, oh, you know, you, you could be having a heart attack or, or you're prone to have a heart go see a doctor now. So we have to be very careful about that because,
1: uh, and we are working on, on FDA, we just got FDA approval, but there's a big, there's a very different process in developing a product for the consumer versus a medical product. Um, and we're, of course, we're a very conservative mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. responsible company. So we want to mm-hmm. make sure that we, we're working with the FDA, make sure that all of our processes are FDA compliant. But you have to believe there's a huge opportunity there. Um, I don't want to oversell it. Mm-hmm. We have some mm-hmm. ideas on what we might be able to do. Mm-hmm. It's, and I believe right. that the next big frontier, um, we need to be able to improve people's health and, and find ways to reduce the cost of healthcare. And I think big data
0: uh, is a huge way to do that. So, so you must get really excited every Sunday afternoon <laughs> to get all those exposure hits with the with the head coaches and the line coaches. Yeah. Everyone wearing your headset. I mean, well, that that has got to be. Well, I've never seen. I mean, I don't know how many. Imp- someone must have figured out how many impressions. I mean, thousands. Does it? Does it? No, so first of all, so, so first, I'm going to tell you, I'm gonna because guy you guys are the official.
2: NFL um, headphones. headphones. Yeah, and I've seen it on colleges as oh, well. Oh, everywhere, yeah. yeah. We're
1: starting to do colleges as well. But yeah. I'm, I'm the genius who said no to Roger Goodell originally.
0: You were channeling your this best. This goes doc- back to Dr. Bose saying, no, did, say, why that's me? Right, where you were channelizing your, your, your best Dr. Uh, Bose. That's right. <laughs> <So> <laughs> go yeah, ahead, go yeah. no, ahead tell us about that. Well,
1: I mean, uh, I owe a lot to the, to the crafts. Jonathan and Robert have been just been wonderful to us. And, and uh, this was back probably in 2012 where we were sponsoring – we're a local sponsor of, of you know the Patriots, so mm-hmm. we advertise in there mm-hmm. and we have sounds of the game and things like that. So they invited me to their house for the AFC Championship game in 2012. And um, they uh, they were just – that's gracious. Did, did as I recently
0: see see you at a uh, at a at a football game uh, sitting next to the crafts? No. May, no, you have, haven't oh, seen. Oh, no, no, <laughs>
1: no. I don't think so. <laughs> well, look, they they're they're wonderful <laughs> to us, and they, they have been just the best friends, you know. We we really appreciate the relationship. But I'm telling you that the that that headphone would not be on the sideline of the NFL if it weren't for the crafts. Hmm. So I was so appreciative, they were so hospitable to me and my wife um that um I sent them a thank you letter and said, look, if, if you guys ever have the time, come out to Bose, I'll, I'll show you through the research labs, let you know what we're doing. And, um, you know, they're busy people, so I didn't hear anything um, for a while. But then I was at the CEO Club luncheon yeah. um, at- uh, uh, Boston Harbor Hotel. Boston Harbor Hotel, yeah. yeah. And, um, and Jonathan was there. And uh, the team had just left for a road game, and I'm like, geez, Jonathan, you know, I'm surprised you're not with the team. He says, you know, I, I'm always with the team. He said, but, you know, my son is the backup quarterback for, I think it was Belmont High, and the senior quarterback got hurt, so he's gonna start this weekend. So I, I'm not making a trip, I wanna see him. Yeah. And uh, I said, well, that invitation's still open. He said, well, you know what? This was a Thursday, he said, because I'm not going, I have nothing to do tomorrow. So Jonathan came out. Oh, uh, really? And we took him through our research labs, and we showed him, you know, all kinds of different technologies. And one of them was a the noise cancellation technology. And uh, Jonathan's a brilliant guy and just a wonderful human being. Um, so he, you know, we just, it was a reciprocation thing, and, and uh, you know, he was impressed with the technology. And I, we left it at that. Well, um, that was in November, and then then um, January 2013, they were in the AFC Championship game again. They had the party at their house the night before, and Roger Goodell was coming to their party.
0: I wonder if he's still invited. I
2: oh know that. <laughs> I was going to say that. Well, that was the, <laughs> we night, haven't seen the, that was the
1: night before the Gate game. Oh, oh, really? Wow, yeah. Wow. Yeah. wow. And um, so anyway... Jonathan called me like a, uh, the Monday before the upcoming weekend and he said, Hey, Bob, you know, that technology you showed me, um, the noise cancellation technology, I would love to show that to Roger because it would, I'm sure it would be helpful on the sidelines. Uh, you know, would you be willing to show it to him? Said, yeah, sure. What time, when does he want to come in? Yeah, you know, anytime this week. I'm, I'm available anytime. He goes, Well, you know, he, he's not coming till Saturday night, so the only time we could do it would be Sunday morning. And I said, well, Jesus, Jonathan, there's not a lot of people around here on a Sunday morning. He said, "Well, would twenty tickets to the AFC Championship game help?" <laughs>
2: I said, "Oh yeah, that would help a whole lot." The next day, on my desk, I had twenty tickets. So I
1: went and bribed people in the cafeteria. I bribed a bunch of engineers to come in, and sure enough, Roger and Robert and and Jonathan drove into the Bose parking lot at eight a.m. on a Sunday morning before the AFC Championship game, and we gave them a demonstration of the technology. And I knew that the technology would work very well on the sidelines. Um, but um, you may recall that Motorola used to have... I was going to say, Motorola yeah. was the was brand out there, yeah. 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 You know they did not make the headset? No. Really? It was made by a very small headset company, and Motorola bought the billboard space. Wow. Really? They wow. never made that headset. So they wow. slapped a name on it?
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
1: Not for a small sum, either. Oh, wow. <laughs> interesting. Wow. So That's anyway... Interesting. You know, Motorola was a, was a big, big company. Yeah, it was, a big, it was a big we're company. We're a relatively small company, and we couldn't afford to do that, you know. Yeah. And um, so anyway, you know, we gave the demonstration to Roger. We sat in the cafeteria, and, and uh, Roger said, this has to be on the sidelines this, this coming fall. And I said, geez, Roger, you know, I, I could spend get a bunch of engineers and invest, you know, 12 months developing a product and sell it to a couple million people. Or I could do it for 30 coaches. I said, what would you do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, Bob Kraft said, you can't see no to the NFL. I said, I think I just did. <laughs> yep. So I'm the genius yeah, that yeah. said no. Right, well right. To, well, okay. So let me tell you how it happened. Um, so I felt bad about it because I knew we could help the coaches on the uh-huh. sideline. But I just couldn't see you know, it diverting all of that R&D. It doesn't idea. fulfill your mission of the greater. Yeah, growth, right? yeah. Right. Right. But when they left, you know, I, I went back to the engineers and they said, you know, it's, this is what happened. And some of them said, you know, the product we, we make for pilots, um, it's not perfect, yeah. but we might be able to modify that and maybe not have to spend 10 or 20 mm. million dollars developing the product. We could do it for less, um, and um, so we kept talking with the NFL, and we finally said yes. You know, we'll do it, and they were very great about giving us consideration for the technology we were bringing to the game. They want the best for their head for their, they want the best for their coaches, but they also want a um, they want a brand yeah. that people respect. Mm-hmm. You know, Absolutely. and the NFL when they pick sponsors, they. They pick for a long time. Mm-hmm. They want a long-term relationship which fits very well with our values at Bose. So we worked through it and uh, they wanted it for September of 2013 and we said we can't do it reliably there. We won't have the quality that we need And that almost killed it there too. Yeah, but you so know what? September no, like 2013 is the only time the headset the NFL headset, just had the shield. Didn't have Motorola. Didn't have Bose. Oh, yeah. really? So if yeah. you see highlights from 2013, That's there's it, huh? no nobody huh. on the headset because they had to wait an extra year for us to get all the get it fully designed right. and, and get all the testing done to make sure that it worked. So
2: now, intern- you we'll did see. the right thing. Yeah.
1: We did. And this yeah. is a classic example of play yes. for the long run. That's right. I mean, you can Absolutely. rush it out there. Absolutely. at a
0: big stage. Yeah. You sure. fail on that big uh, stage. You, you, yeah. you, you didn't fail on that. You, no. you, I, I think that was a wise choice.
2: I so, Bob, you. your philosophy, that's about partnership. Share with us your philosophy. How do you identify those celebrities or athletes to, to endorse the product in terms of their DNA, their culture, their line with your business? And, you know, because they're an ambassador. And they reflect your brand image and mm-hmm. your brand equity and everything else about the company. How do you identify who in different sports, which athletes, whatever, yeah. would be a great marriage for it, you? Is that,
0: and do you think of that as a risk at times
2: yeah. when
1: going into it? Well, yeah. we were not allowed to do any celebrity advertising when, when Dr. Rose was yeah. live, so I yeah. was very nervous yes. about yes. doing it. And yep. Rory McIlroy was actually our first, uh. our first celebrity sponsorship. And... I met Rory. Sorry, I remember he used to go on the putting green yeah, wearing the bow's head. Yeah. Yeah. So I met with Rory, with his mom, with his dad, with his swing coach, and with his godmother. Wow. And then I got Rory alone in my office. He was 23, same age right. as my daughter at the time. Right. And I said, Rory, we've never had a celebrity sponsor. Um, I do not want to be in the back page of the Post. <laughs> right. Um, I, I right. said, I want you to know that you understand this. And he was such a gentleman, and his his, mm. his parents are just great people. They're principal people. They, mm. they give back. It's And they're, they're all about excellence. So the, the, all the principles aligned very well yep. with Bose. Yep. Um, it turns out that golf didn't really align particularly yep. with Bose. Golf is a great sport for business to business, Yeah. Mm. right, because you get all the decision makers. Right, We're right. more of a consumer. Yep. But it was right. a good experiment for yep. us. And we worked with him for four years, and we did some good stuff together. Right. Um, but then we moved on to, to other... I'm, a, uh, I'm impressed with your due diligence on yeah, that. That's, yeah. uh, oh, you kidding? I was, <laughs> I was white-knuckled, man. I, I did not want to make a mistake because no, no, I no, knew no, that, no, Dr. No, that Dr.
2: Uh, Bose was against it. And, and we've seen our share of athletes, the, the bad sides, and you don't want to uh, have that brain reflected but, at But all. think about a, a Russell Wilson, right? right I mean, Russell, just a yeah.
1: wonderful, hardworking guy, committed to excellence, giving back. He's at, at Children's Hospital in right, Seattle. Right. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald, another... Another for hardworking guy, yeah. humble guy, uh, classy guy, and uh, runs his own um, uh, charity in Arizona, very, very active, giving back to, to uh, disadvantaged youth, um, very supportive of the military as well. So we want, we want high integrity, high character people to, it to like work
2: It's almost like you with. want people that you would hire to work for you. Yeah yeah. Yeah, 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 Well, that's what same it is. I mean, really.
0: Except you have more to lose if if you don't make the right hire. Yeah,
2: right.
0: Uh, I know when it comes to family that mm-hmm. uh, you and Donna are both from one street away in Brooklyn, Seventy Sixth Street and Seventy Seventh <laughs> Street in Brooklyn. Yeah, <laughs> very tight knit family. Yeah, two, two big families. Yeah. Uh, what What are uh, uh, one or two of the tenants that you remember growing up in that environment that sort of has carried you through your your mm-hmm. your experience? Uh, yeah. It, um
1: so what, the first house i lived in in brooklyn was a very small house attached on both sides and we had uh we had seven kids and uh, the fifth child was um severely mentally disabled and uh, i don't know how my parents did it you know my 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 dad is an amazing guy he went to he was in the navy they sent him to two years of college but the war ended and then uh he never finished college. Instead, he went to Brooklyn Law School and got a law degree in two years. So at 22, he had passed the bar.
2: In those days, wow.
1: Yeah, it's, it's amazing. And uh, I, by the way, I just found this out from my father this, this uh, winter when I spent time with him down in Florida. Um, but, you know, he's, and he hung out his own shingle, which... As he would say, I don't know where my next meal's coming from. So you're we starting to build a practice. So we didn't have much money. And my mom had to take care of my, my brother, who would turn to, he ended up being violent and had to be, um, had to be put in an institution, which was really tough mm-hmm. for, the, mm-hmm. for her and for the whole family. So, you know, growing up as one of seven, I learned my lessons of teamwork. We all pulled together. Right, we we all had each other's back, and I also always felt because I it, I could have easily been in the same position as my brother. I always felt right. like the luckiest person on mm-hmm. earth, and I still do to this day. Um, no matter even sometimes things don't go great, you know, it's always better than it could have been. Um, and he's he's still to this day. He's fifty five, still has not spoken a word. Um, we don't know what really? he's thinking. Um, yeah. yeah, it's. Um, so anyway, I, I think for me it was it was uh, keen awareness of others and uh, how I could help others uh, and how I
2: could work together as a team um, for what's important in life. And you mentioned also one of your hobbies is building devices to <laughs> oh, yeah. help to help the disabled. Can you share with us what, so what, what, what you're doing?
1: Yeah, this is uh, this is a great story about my parents. They they were. Um, my dad was a Eucharistic minister after he retired and my mom got a, uh, a nursing license. So they worked in hospice and they would visit terminally oh. ill people. He would give them communion and she would give them pain medication. Mm-hmm. And they had a, a patient in Elizabeth, New Jersey. And most of, their, most of their patients were cancer patients but this person had uh, uh, advanced stages of MS. So he was a quadriplegic, he could only move his head. Mm. lived in a tenement in Elizabeth. And his wife went out to clean houses during the day to just to pay the bills, and she set him up in the in the bed, and she'd turn on Channel Eleven, WPIX in New York, right. and he had to watch the same station all day. and And my parents called me up and said, you know, they told me about the story. says, "Geez, you know, it would be great if he could, you know, change the volume, change the channel, but you know, he can't use his hands." And so I was like, I had access to all kinds of technology at Bose. And at the time, uh, gyros and accelerometers were very expensive, but I had them for this magnetically suspended car. So I got a baseball cap and I put some gyros on it and put some accelerometers on it, and put, built the electronics into the cap and hooked them up to a uh, universal remote so that he could, if he nodded his head up, the channel would go up. If he nodded his head down, it would go down. And he could turn the volume by going left or right. Wow. And so I drove that down to uh, Elizabeth, um, and set him up with it, and he only lived for another nine months. But for those nine mm. months, anytime somebody came in the room, he would show
2: off his the wow. how he could change well, the channels. Well, what, what a great story! I mean, yeah. talk about enriching the quality of life with that disability. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things
1: I've done professionally, but yeah. but things like that are just so rewarding that you know it's a, it's a small it's a small thing, you know, maybe small ray of light in in a, a very tough life that that he led, but you know,
2: makes you happy. Well, it's, a small, it's a small gesture, but it's, it's a huge thing as far as, you know, the quality of life. That's wonderful.
0: Bob Mareska, Chairman of Bose. Thank you very much. An honor.
1: It's been my pleasure. Roger Larry, well, really. this has this been really fun good. talking yeah. with you guys. It was another no hour. <laughs> no, absolutely. We're, we're, we're really it's honored. A a
0: really you. Really. Thank you very much. Thank you. My, my pleasure. Have a great day. Remember to subscribe to Name Brands on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app and get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you. We're at Name Brands Pod on Twitter or on Facebook at Name Brands Podcast. That's it for us. We'll be
2: back to talk to you again next Wednesday.